0: I bid you welcome. God of
1: Me. We all go a little mad sometimes. We accept the one of us. We accept no one of us. What's your favorite scary movie? Wolfman's scars <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Home is Where the Horror Is, a podcast dedicated to our love of horror. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Monica. And uh, we're out of the month of February. We're past all those sappy love stories. Yeah. Although, I guess you could call them bloody. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Oh, you married such a clever guy. Yeah. So, we debated. We said, are we going to stick with the obvious? We got... You know, obviously St. Paddy's Day coming up. Should we do a whole month dedicated to movies of the Irish persuasion? Or do we kind of do a mixed bag? So, we kind of went with let's just each, we'll pick something this week that's more like kind of random. And then next week, maybe a little more geared towards that. But we didn't want to dedicate a whole month to it. Because, let's be honest, there's a lot of goofy movies we could end up choosing.
0: There's like... 15 leprechaun movies that we get the shows from. Exactly.
1: And as much as I do want to see Leprechaun in the Hood and review it, I don't want to see you give it a potential A and <laughs> drive me crazy. So, yeah, so uh, this week I'm starting off first. And well, I don't know, babe. I finally decided to break down. Is this the first werewolf movie I've done? I mean, obviously, I did a monster squad, which had a werewolf, but I think this is the first straight dedicated werewolf movie. So I decided to go with The Howling. Now, this came out in 1981. It was directed by Joe Dante, who, babe, I know you're terrible with directors. Does that name ring a bell at all? Mm Because we've reviewed one of his movies.
0: It's probably someone I did, too.
1: no no yeah, you okay. you haven't um he rev- he directed gremlins oh, okay. uh piranha and one of yours and mine's like guilty pleasure can watch it too many times the burbs huh. so he's got pretty good chops for this yeah. it was produced by michael finnell and jack conrad the screenplay was written by john Salis and Terrence winkless And this was actually based on the book by Gary Brandner, which I didn't realize this was ever a book. It really makes me want to go read the book. Yeah, not me. Oh, really? You're going to start in with the hate already? (laughs) Really? Is that how we're going to goddamn start? (sighs) All right. Well, you read enough terrible books. You want to talk about books. There you go. There's a good thing. How many trashy, terrible novels (laughs) about a chick who's just like, I have to bang these two rich guys and I don't know which one and one's always in the Russian mob or some kind of mafia (laughs) even when it's friggin dragons versus whatever it's basically mob versus mob yeah yeah and you tell me this and I don't know why you keep telling me the synopsis like you're telling me anything different it's (laughs) always the same story
0: well I don't know because it's usually two different things it's either the mob or the rich guys or it's like paranormal with dragons and werewolves and vampires
1: you notice she's never with like bob from janet from like janitorial services or or you know like
0: like two of them were with teachers they were teachers
1: but were they like university professors at a private college and probably made bank
0: no they were hot, which never happened. You're reading a
1: book. You don't know if they're hot. They
0: explain them as hot.
1: Anyway, <laughs> damn it. All right, so before I get go into the cast, I want to talk about the plot of the movie because it is so different from the book. Uh, Karen White, who's played by D. Wallace, so she's like an L.A. television news person who's being stalked by this killer that's on the loose named Eddie Quist. I think almost... Not as I don't know if I'd say it's as bad as like the Night Ripper. Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Sorry, I just I just just playing the game Night Ripper. So um and she's basically kind of doing a sting with the police to catch this guy. She goes into like a porno store and sure enough, in a very creepy scene, like he's behind her. She gets terrified because he wants her to see his face, but she thinks she might have seen something else causes her to go into a complete, like, mental breakdown. Like, the cops get there, they save her in time, but she's really messed up from the whole event. While having uh, therapy sessions with her doctor, he suggests, hey, I have a little place in the country, why don't you go up there, unwind, and we'll be able to address your fears and you can overcome them. She finally decides, you know what, let's do it. Go up there. As soon as they get there, there's a whole mix of people. There's a a very, like, hippie-ish... Witch person I'll say. Um her weird like (laughs) hillbilly brother, uh the doctor. But then there's just there's a few other random folks. Um, but her and her husband are also having problems like cause she's so messed up, she like is unwilling to have sex and it just leads to a lot of intrigue before they finally discover there may be a werewolf or more on the on the premises. So without going into any more detail before we get to our scenes. That's the general gist of the film. So this movie stars D. Wallace as Karen White, Patrick McNee McNe- as Dr. George Wagner, Dennis Dugan as Chris Holloran, Chris Picardo as Eddie Quist, and um, it may surprise you. What do you think the budget on this film was?
0: God, it was like
1: $5. Wow! Like, seriously? You... <laughs> okay, it was 1.5 million, and the box office had 77.9 million. Really? So it took in a lot, cause a lot of people like this movie. I'm already pissed off. All right. <laughs> so what did you like about it? I'm sure it's a short list. It is
0: very short. Um, I figured I had to put something in there, so I put that the woods were kind of spooky. <laughs>
1: The woods were kind of spooky. That's all you could muster from this movie, which is on almost every list when it comes to horror movies of, like, must-see horror films. I
0: don't know why. I don't, like, I really... Okay. Okay. Really all right. wasn't it
1: really was Well, first off, the special effects were absolutely groundbreaking for the time. Don't you dare give me that look. Don't you dare. I'm sure we'll hit on the specific moments, but... The special effects were pretty damn amazing for the time. Uh, The music was actually really well done. And, yes, all the werewolves really did look great. Which, up until this point, there weren't a lot of werewolf movies. This came out the same year as American Werewolf in London. So, before this, you know, you had the atypical wolfman, werewolf in London, things like that. But there weren't a lot of really well displayed, like what we think of when we think of big werewolves. Mm-hmm. So this helped set that tone of what werewolves would like kind of look like moving forward. And of course, I had to put in. I love everything. Every time Dick Miller's in a movie, he's the librarian in this movie. Remember one like him? He's in Gremlins. He's in in every yeah. '80s movie. He's in the Burbs. He yeah. like whenever they need just a side little character. I just love his roles all the time. Like, I just love, he's like, well, he's like, you want you want crosses, you want this, you want this, you want silver bullets, you know? Um, Alright, well, let's hear what you hated about it.
0: Um, I did not like the werewolf transformations at all. <sighs> they were horrible. Like, their faces were just, like, pulsating, like, it took way too long. Mm-hmm. It just it was it was pretty bad. Now granted, like that the, the killer guy, like once he was in werewolf form, like that was cool, like it was big, menacing, you know, looks pretty cool. But the whole transformation scene just
1: you can't even appreciate bad. that they in real time were showing the like skull coming out and the fact that everything now Dinah days would be done in terrible CG, even if it was too long. The fact that they were doing that on camera, without special effects, you can't appreciate that at all. Sure. Oh, bitch. <laughs> um. Anything else you hate before I give my one little critique? No.
0: Alright.
1: <clears throat> well, you should have liked that there's an old guy with a mustache, because that's your thing. I do
0: not like old guys <laughs> with mustaches, <laughs>
1: jerk. Um... I I didn't like that some of the times when they did the werewolf effects, they almost sounded like cats. Mm. Like other times it was like a decent howl, but sometimes they were like, it was like
0: kind of like the sound from Gremlins that they make.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very much like that. So that threw me off a few times and I forgot about that. Rewatching this. Um, all right. Well, I, we actually skipped over it. Uh, Give us our post-mortem of this uh, movie. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So there are ten kills, two sex scenes, <laughs> three nude scenes. Yeah, there are. <laughs> One fall, ten screams, uh, three Murphy's Law, and we did count the moon. So there was three times they showed the moon.
1: Yeah. What's funny is when you think of werewolf movies – the things that always go in your head, like naturally what you assume you're going to see is a full moon, yeah. a transformation, whatever. And if you actually look at the original Wolfman, you never see the moon, and you never see a clear transformation. You just see him kind of like, uh, and then he pops up and he's the Wolfman. Yeah. So a lot of the tropes that we're used to or think of when we think of werewolf movies don't really apply. Well, we have it pretty well documented. You don't like the movie. So, at least what scenes do you want to talk about?
0: Um, well, I think you had a scene before mine.
1: Yeah, so, so my first one was when Ted is leaving... What uh, the hell's the girl's name? The sister... The one he ends up banging. Okay, I can't remember her name either. But um, when he's leaving her place, the woods are, like, very foggy. It's creepy. You hear a werewolf. And then now of nowhere, he's attacked. I just like that scene because they go from, like, insinuating wolves yeah. to full boar, like you see. And you
0: really don't. I don't it doesn't show, show you very – it, yeah. like,
1: just shows you biting his shoulder and then kind of taking off. Mm-hmm. So – I like that. It was just that quick flash.
0: And then you see the, it was the brother, right? Hiding in the woods. We don't know. I thought that, it showed you someone hiding in the woods. like yeah, That
1: was, was later. But there. that doesn't necessarily, it could have been, as we learn, could have been any of them. Yeah. So. All right. So then what's the first scene you want to talk about? Um,
0: so the sex scene. So now Ted, right, is uh starting to change a little bit. He goes out to the woods and he meets up with that, that chick and they just start having sex like next to the bonfire or whatever and good God. first off her face just kind of annoys me. But
1: <laughs> Alright, you can have a lot of gripes. What what annoys I don't you know, about? Just
0: her face. Just the, the way she looks. What? Just annoys me. What are you
1: talking about?
0: Just that scowl that she has.
1: Gee. I know someone <laughs> like that. You don't like looking in the mirror is what you're saying? <laughs> is that is that the problem?
0: But there's like, like they're having sex and it's supposed to be like a werewolf transformation. And it's just like, I, I don't even know what the hell's going on. It's like shimmery. I don't know.
1: I mean, I think in every werewolf movie, you see the same thing in American Werewolf in London. The idea of turning into a wolf isn't just supposed to be... You're a monster. It's like this animalistic sexual like
0: yeah.
1: You give in to all your desires. Obviously he's married. Uh-huh. It's wrong, but it's in the heat of passion. And yeah, you see their teeth, you see their eyes, you might see him I think you see him start to get more hairy. Yeah. Uh she scratches his back. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and then for budgetary reasons you see that like kinda pan out, it's like the animation of them yeah. turning into full wolves.
0: Which I actually prefer that over the other...
1: Shut the hell! Oh my god, you're ridiculous. <laughs> you are so ridiculous with your hate.
0: <sighs> well, next time pick a better movie.
1: <laughs> excuse me? Goddamn excuse me? <laughs> um, okay. So, my next one is i'll break it into two specific segments but it's when um terry dies by the werewolf in the doctor's office mm-hmm. so terry you know she's been going through and uh she's just been trying to basically she's got she's at the end she's figured out hey eddie quist was a brother to these other two who are at this camp mm-hmm. like it's da 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 she's calling her friend and boom, like out of the right, this giant seven-foot werewolf is just there. I don't know how she didn't hear him. But uh, she puts up a decent fight, actually throws acid, which was a pretty good effect, what it ends up showing you. Yeah. But then ultimately she dies. So it was just pretty, pretty gruesome. You got to see the full size and scope of the werewolf. Um, once again, for budgetary reasons, interesting thing, you never see a zoomed out shot of the werewolf because they didn't have the budget to show it. So, like, you either only see his, like, feet or you see the top. And it's yeah. kind of zoomed in close for that effect. But, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good scene. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why I, when um, I have the other part of that. When the main chick finds the friend. She finds the friend yep, dead. Yep, And she's just, like, way too calm.
1: Yeah, she comes like in. She, she's like, oh. Yeah. That i couldn't understand like d wallace she's been in a lot of horror movies she was in kujo she's been in a couple others but she just undersold that so like you're at your wit's end you haven't like you know some crazy shit's going on but she is so like numb to it yeah you're kind of like really you're like
0: all right and she just
1: like kind of like she goes over tries the phone she seems more upset that the phone doesn't work yeah than seeing that her friend, her friend has friend just died. been like brutally murdered
0: and then here comes the killer and then right into that werewolf transformation oh you
1: know what? i'm sorry i was wrong terry Tyri- terry didn't acid. throw the acid yeah. yeah yeah yeah.
0: and his face is just like pulsating like it looks like a zit is about to pop like it's just the face is pulsating like he's vibrating so I'm here's like-
1: the deal with that transformation see number one like it goes through does it go too long i even agree it goes too long but it's still once again think about it no other movie had showed a werewolf transformation like this like i like you see the nails coming through uh the chest like you see some of that but the face yes the bubbling on the face that was i don't like it i know but the effect i did like of the face is as i said where they had the mask and they pushed the the snout coming forward because that looks so painful and like if you look, you could see like even the gums were nice and wet, yeah. and like the teeth were snarl like that looked good. Even you have to admit that. I
0: was just, I was just too distracted from the. You
1: were just done by that point.
0: Face about to explode. So
1: really, the bubbles is what got yeah. you. Yeah. So if they didn't have the bubbles, did you like the rest of the transformation?
0: Maybe. Like I said, like once he was in werewolf form, like that was pretty cool. Like that looked pretty good with like the big ears. And yeah, really
1: and even in the transformation, when you see the ears, the coming, ears up, coming up out. Yeah. I see. Um, I put that scene down. I love the transformation. I don't like the bubbles, but I like the amount of. You and I have watched enough behind-the-scenes things. Like, imagine how much work that took to yeah. get that shot and to get it, working in basically the one shot that they did. Mm-hmm. Still pretty damn impressive. Um. Yeah. So for me, uh, I kind of go right to the end here that that was
0: the only other scene
1: that yeah watched. so the guy who's in his mazda because he's so rich <laughs> i you know actually fuck it i'm gonna add that scene too when, when this guy who's terry's boyfriend comes and he's trying to save everyone and he's at a gas station and he's like buddy like can you hurry up i need to get he's like hold on some of us have to work for a living and we can't what do you say we,
0: yeah we're, we don't have money we can't afford a mazda yeah
1: we, we can't afford a mazda <laughs> you're like what I was
0: like what the hell
1: but yeah no he shows up and he had already gotten the silver bullets so you know he's coming ready to go and really he's like to me the hero of the whole movie he
0: basically killed everyone
1: yeah like because at this Out point of like
0: 10 kills like He did eight
1: of them. And at this point, um Karen is finding out everyone, including a doctor who invited her to this retreat to this place, everyone there's werewolf, and it's basically a tight knit community, and they want to bring her into it.
0: Well, that's the thing. Was the doctor actually a werewolf? Because they never he's the only one that doesn't transform. And they said part of
1: that was um as he's trying to tell them he's trying to assimilate he's trying to assimilate so bad he doesn't even choose to transform gotcha so but he is a werewolf okay um but yeah like everyone there is like a werewolf this dude shows up kill him kill him and then he locks them all in the barn they light it on fire but then that leads to like a really kind of cool like a multi-chase scene and and i don't know i thought that was a really really good well done scene Mm -hmm. Like, at the barn, I love the part where there's a hole and you see all these werewolf hands yeah. trying to get out. Like, that was a cool-looking scene. Yeah. Did you have any others?
0: I have, like, the very last scene.
1: Yeah, so go ahead. Um,
0: so, you know, the very last scene, so...
1: Well, uh, we should mention, while they were driving away, they killed multiple werewolves. One does bust, bust through the roof of that damn Mazda, mm-hmm. and uh, it bites Karen.
0: Yeah, and so Karen, Karen is a news anchor. So they decide, she knows she's going to turn into a werewolf, and they decide to basically warn
1: the world. The
0: world. So she's at her news anchor desk, they're live, and she starts, you know, going off about, you know, there's, uh, there's things people don't know about this world, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, like, the, the big wig guy is trying to tell them to change the channel, and uh, the other, guy, what's his name? Terry's, terry's boyfriend boyfriend um anyway so terry's boyfriend is like no keep it so she turns into a werewolf and it is so stinking cute
1: <laughs> it basically looks like a uh a yorkie like
0: a yorkie yeah. yeah she looks like a little yorkie um and then terry's boyfriend shoots her like in front of TV. everyone so yeah.
1: everyone's but what's great is like you get the reactions of like people And they're like, oh, man, what special effects can do to it? Like, most people ignore it. And then what pisses me off is, this is the only scene that really got me mad. Whoever filmed that friggin' burger is the worst cooked burger. Number one, how he makes it, how he just literally gets a hunk of ground meat. No egg in it. No nothing. Like, just puts it down, and it's crumbling apart. He's flipping it too many (laughs) times. That pissed me off. Um yeah his name was fred okay. but um no yeah so what i will say is it introduced werewolves in a really cool idea and i like the idea like this was also one of the first ones that introduced it as like werewolves of a clan mm-hmm. and like this idea of like coming out to the world like i don't know it just felt appropriate for an 80s movie yeah um, so what year was it 81 okay. so early early 80s all right so what was your favorite kill
0: um well i guess i'll go with terry mm-hmm. just because there was a little bit more to it you know what i mean yeah That was like the only besides like being shot like that was
1: that was like, yeah that was that was the same as mine yeah. it was it was really well done the atmosphere was right You really felt bad for her because you didn't... I didn't necessarily think she was going to die. And then you're like, oh, she's probably going to escape. Oh, no, she didn't. He got her. So what about your worst kill?
0: I just put... There was two werewolves that died in the fire. So they were just kind of off-screen kills.
1: See, I actually put the doctor getting shot. Okay. Because he didn't transform. Yeah. And you almost kind of be like... If you're Karen, even though she didn't kill him, like you'd be like, don't you want to get a little more revenge and just shooting this guy who brought you here, got your husband killed? Like you know, just seems crazy to me. So yeah, I didn't like that one very much. All right, so before we get to our grades, let's uh, give you some fun facts. Do you know who Rick Baker is? The name should sound very is it
0: Clive Baker's relative. Number
1: one, you're thinking Clive Barker.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, Rick Baker was, uh, he's been on the, um, what's that show? Face Off. Face Off, yeah, that's
0: what I thinking. So okay.
1: he's a special effects, yeah. he's like the special effects guy. Um, and he was originally the one doing the special effects for the movie, but he left to do An American Werewolf in London, mm. where he won all the awards. So oh. uh, he left the job in the hands of Rob and both of these movies got a ton of praise for their makeup but as you can tell like i think american werewolf in london did just a little bit better um so the final transformation of eddie quist had to be done all up close as i said um because the movie already exceeded its budget by then Mm -hmm. So it had to actually be shot in Joe Dante's office. So that was like a doctor's office. Yeah. He just had them shoot there because the yeah. um, they didn't have money for a set anymore. Hmm. <clears throat> um, so because of what Joe Dante did for this movie, he received the opportunity to make gremlins um, for Steven Spielberg. And in that movie, there's actually a reference to the Howling uh, with the smiley face sticker on their refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know how Eddie Quest leaves the smiley faces mm-hmm. in the beginning? So that's a little like paying homage to this movie. Mm-hmm. So this was only shot in 28 days plus a few days of reshoots. So it had a very tight schedule. It had a very low budget that they obviously exceeded. Yeah. So they had to get creative. Um, but like I said, even though you hate the special effects, because of those issues and what they were able to achieve... Not having in like an unlimited budget, you still got to give them respect. So, I'm not going to go through all the names, but almost every character in this movie is a reference to a director who has previously directed a werewolf film, hmm. and this whole movie is drenched in what I would call uh, like werewolf puns. Mm-hmm. So, there's like pictures behind people of like a wolf eating deer. There's uh when the one person's eating chili, it's wolf chili. Yeah. When on they're on TV and it's the wolf man. Uh the guy when he's in bed reading with his wife, he's reading a book that's made by uh what's the name? Joe Wolf. Like uh, the Yeah. A writer. So just everywhere there's just references of werewolves. Um and <laughs> what's funny is Joe Dante had, was really critical of the book while he was making the movie. And he did a lot of interviews basically saying how the book, like, wasn't very good Mm -hmm. and how they had to improve it for the film. And he was, like, on this rant so bad that um, during one of his press conferences, someone was like, so you don't like the book? He's like, no, I think they did a terrible job. He's like, really? Because I'm the guy who wrote it. Like, the writer basically (laughs) called him out. So they ended up talking after the fact. But the book apparently is wildly different than the movie. So, Yeah. Just some little interesting facts. Now the moment of truth. Oh man, I can only imagine. What are you giving us?
0: Um, I guess I'll go with like a B minus.
1: Oh, that's not bad.
0: I mean, I, it's kind of like.
1: See, I I thought for sure you were going to go way worse, but.
0: I mean, it's, you know, I didn't necessarily really enjoy it, but. It wasn't the worst movie that I've ever seen. so. Okay. I mean, I just really wasn't into it, but, you know, would I watch it again? Probably not. But, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, was, it, was, it is what it is, you know?
1: Uh, I'm only giving it a B. Okay. I, like, I don't adore this movie, and as someone you know, I love my werewolf stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I recognize it has its issues. The acting can be so-so at times, mm-hmm. but still- i I do appreciate it i do recommend it especially if you like werewolf movies and like you said you have to put yourself in that mindset of like this is one of the first that in american werewolf in london the Mm -hmm. first big werewolf transformations so it's worth seeing just for that reason alone would you recommend it
0: like i said i probably wouldn't watch it again but would you
1: recommend it
0: Mm, not really
1: not even for the cute, uh, the cute Yorkie.
0: Well, that I think that's the only reason why I didn't get a C plus <sighs> it was because the cute little Yorkie at the end, You know, with the little button nose, like
1: little this nose. So cute. God.
0: All right. So I'm sure you're going to pick some type of werewolf myth.
1: Kind of. Uh, it's a it's not a spin. It's. One of the origins of the idea of the werewolf, um, I actually decided to go with the skinwalker. Okay. So, you've heard of that before, Mm -hmm. right? So, I know you and I have seen movies and shows with it, but do you know much about it?
0: Isn't it supposed to be like if you kill a family member or something like that, you become a skinwalker and kind of take shapes?
1: Kind of. of You're not far off. Yeah. So, what... The skinwalker is is actually it's from Navajo culture. And um, it's a, the skinwalker is usually a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn in, possess, or disguise themselves as almost any animal. Mm-hmm. They mostly choose wolves, bears, coyotes, things of that nature. Um, the witch is actually called the Yi nao which in Navajo translates to, with it he goes on all fours. Mm-hmm um it's just one of the several types of navajo witches uh and i'm gonna get into this in a minute but it is considered the most volatile and dangerous of all the witches in the culture Hmm. so according to their belief um when a witch travels at night he wears the skin of a dead animal in order to affect a transformation into that animal. So it wasn't uncommon for a lot of Navajo witches to be donning, like, once again, a coyote a or a werewolf, yeah. like like when you see it draped over them, because yeah. they believed, as they go through the night, it gave them those powers, and they okay. could turn into those. So uh, did
0: they ever turn into other people? No. I always thought that, oh, okay. So, so it was just animals.
1: The it, It's more animals, I'll okay. say that. But I should also mention um, that these skinwalkers would kind of come together and hold nighttime meetings at which they would wear nothing except for this mask and sit among baskets of corpses hmm. um, and have intercourse with dead women. Yeah. They were they were gnarly people, but there's a reason for that. So, as you like to do, I'm gonna give you a little a little history lesson here. <laughs> So some customs hold tight that skinwalkers are produced when a medicine man uh, abuses magic for evil uh, or when they corrupt the natural order of things, a.k.a. doing something very taboo. Like you said, mm-hmm. killing a family member, killing an infant, or yeah. having incestuous sex. Like something that was so taboo that it like corrupted your soul. Uh, now, the medicine man... Who would do this thing is now considered an entity for evil Um, he basically also inherits these powers so uh, most of the traditions are fairly similar but there are a few changes they all basically agree though that malicious transformation does happen throughout every tribe and they have the ability to not only turn into all these different animals, but they can possess others from their tribe. Mm. So if you lock eyes with a skinwalker while it's transforming, it can possess you.
0: Okay.
1: Um, In other traditions, the man, woman, or child can become become the skinwalker, like I said, with any deep-seated taboo, which is very similar to what myth have you covered that's the same idea like what the wendigo wendigo yeah. so same idea um so those are the two kind of main myths you either yeah. got the medicine man who's doing something evil and gets the mystical powers or somebody that pre- commits this act of taboo. Yeah. and finally the last theory is that um it's actually tied up in the navajo belief of how they were created is that the skinwalkers were once helpers of divine beings because the navajo believed that they were initially uh, came from these divine beings uh called the holy people who lived underground ascended into what we call like the earth Mm -hmm. um but brought with them magic and these things but some of them decided to go back down and were corrupted with evil Mm -hmm. as they were returning so the uh, the greed for them to just stay and not ascend with these holy people into their heaven basically corrupted the holy power and what gave them this name of uh, like witches mm-hmm. a or skin walkers. Um. In some of their cultures, they're also considered Nagalaoshis. um, and they're they're translated to roughly. Uh, I'm trying to think how do you equate them, but they'd be like fallen angels. Okay. So, like Lucifer, like things of that mm-hmm. nature. So, <clears throat> as a quick and brief breakdown, witches and whiffcraft in the Navajo believe that witches are individuals who possess a great deal of supernatural pa- powers, and these people use evil in their powers for all types of bad purposes. Um, it, it almost basically is like so evil that if a normal person tried to like do any of these acts, it would be disastrous and they would die instantly. So they had just a very strong belief in their medicine men and that if you ever used what you knew were magical means of helping people and turned it evil, that you were just a a supernatural being, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, So there was a study done and I don't have his name, unfortunately, But he was able to break down the four main types of witchcraft in Navajo culture, which is witchery, sorcery, wizardry, and frenzy witchcraft. So this one actually falls under more witchery. Um, Each one has a different idea. Like some of them are, you commit magical items by like uh, giving, injecting someone with like like if you poison a cigarette or Mm -hmm. something. Um, some of them are a matter of using almost like voodoo dolls. Okay. Others are like, you know, you're an herb herbalist. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is obviously this one where you did something so evil that you can actually become this otherworldly. Yeah. So, um, so skinwalkers are, once again, they're actively, uh, they're mainly active at night and can turn into a few different wear animals but the werewolf is usually the most common and this is kind of where they get the idea um people started giving these shaman and i'll call them shaman but they're really these witches they gave them the term were coyotes were men were wolf so the idea was that they just keep changing into something else um navajo stories are full of a lot of instances of these were animals and uh The most newest one was even up until 1957, where these cases were still being reported. Now, they are almost impossible to kill. However, the only traditions that really state you can kill them is uh, a bullet, knife, or spear that's dipped in white ash might be able to stop them. Mm. But similar to... um, Shit, I can't remember one of the the mess I covered before. If you kill them, you might take on that curse that yourself. One. Yeah. And I can't remember which one I covered that was like that. Um,
0: is it Men and Angle?
1: It might have been the Men and Angle. I think so. So, one of the interesting things is a lot of people have attempted to do reports on these, but um, if you try to talk to the Navajo about Skinwalkers. They almost refute it's so taboo it's kind of like voldemort from yeah. harry potter like one you don't talk about it within the family you definitely don't talk to, to outsiders about mm-hmm. it because there's such a belief that even speaking about them puts your family at risk mm-hmm. and it kind of curses you so it's one of the most well-known but least talked about myths if that makes yeah. sense um, and with that little caveat people are always kind of saying well how true is this like what you know what really drove it, but they can't get enough origin stories of like how this really started. The belief is a lot of them maybe taking a little bit too much peyote. Saw these medicine men yeah. with wolf heads on and coyote heads, and yeah. they probably were in a frenzy. Like they're acting like an animal. They especially if they're doing things like having sex with dead corpses and killing people. They must be another otherworldly. So, some of the most popular places where you might have seen these was in that show, The Outsider on HBO, mm-hmm. um, Harry Potter, Supernatural, and Grimm. Mm-hmm. So, any questions on them? Anything you didn't I'm know? Sure
0: glad to. Bad skinwalkers, but she was more—that's true. She was Indian. She was Native American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was she Spanish?
1: She was Native American. Was Native American? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any questions on it yeah.
0: That's interesting.
1: yeah i think you know it's very common you hear skinwalker and there, there was even a movie called skinwalkers they make it like they're just werewolves yeah. but that's very clear they're not, they're not yeah. they British sometimes shifter, prefer they're but,
0: but yeah they
1: they usually get interlinked yeah. and every time you look up photos or something it's usually in a wolfish form mm-hmm. so
0: so uh did you figure out a place to do
1: i mean it's pretty on the nose but i decided to go with the skinwalker ranch Mm. which is also known as the sherman ranch and it's one of the most well-known i i'm gonna count it as a spooky place Mm -hmm. but it's not known for hauntings or ghosts this is kind of
0: creepy
1: well more specifically it's got three major things it's known for the first is ufo sightings okay um, the second is Skinwalkers. And the third is just other types of supernatural beasts, I'll say. Okay. So, the Skinwalker Ranch, uh, once again, as I said, it's already known as the Sherman Ranch, is a property which is about 512 acres um, in the Unita in Un- Yunta County, Utah. Hmm. I know I'm screwing that up. Yeah. So most people know about this thanks to uh the like there was a lot of chilling reports that were set out from a reporter in june of 1996 where they had a whole bunch of mysterious crop circles this was one of the first of the crop circle and probably the most Mm -hmm. well-known a lot of people complained and said that you know they had these crop circles and that all their cattle were being systematically mutilated in a very oddly surgical way and Mm. they there was no blood left anywhere nearby
0: i think we watched a movie we watched something that covered something yeah this this definitely sounds familiar so
1: um you know when when the skinwalker ranch was purchased by terry sherman which is why it was called the sherman ranch Mm. All these incidents happened within 18 months, so he ended up selling that like right after all this mm-hmm. happened. Uh, the story came out, and a Las Vegas real estate um, person came along, who absolutely also was a UFO enthusiast named Robert Bigelow. Bought the property for 200k. Basically, he bought it in the in the thoughts of like, I'm a UFO person. I will want to get yeah. into this. So he he got it so under the name the national institute for discovery science bigelow set up round the clock surveillance of the ranch hoping to get up to the bottom of like Mm -hmm. what's actually happening but um the surveillance did yield a book the hunt for the skinwalker science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch um in which a whole bunch of different researchers claim to have seen paranormal activities they were able they were unable to capture anything like meaningful from Mm -hmm. all this footage and that supported Sherman's claims. However, um, there were numerous other accounts previous to Sherman and since Sherman. Once again, though, this is one of the odd cases where they've never been able to catch anything. Yeah. But they believe that the uh, the crop circles were an elaborate hoax. They didn't ever have a good answer for the cows. Like, yeah. how were they being essentially drained of blood without any Mm -hmm. blood being there and why were so many being killed because it wasn't just a random animal so either it was the most elaborate hoax Mm -hmm. by people playing a prank or we don't know uh so the interesting thing is that specific area of utah has always been very like it's a hotbed almost like that triangle you covered in uh, massachusetts uh it's actually referred to as ufo alley and uh This actually started as old as 1776, where uh, the Franciscan missionary, Silvestri Valdez de Escalante, God, they had such long names, (laughs) uh, wrote about strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey. And um, before the Europeans, the indigenous people, um, occupied this Unita Basin, and more specifically, the Navajo. Mm and skinwalker ranch was obviously taken from the navajo belief in skinwalkers and this is one of the areas where they believe they saw them the most so that's why it ties to obviously mine now sherman not only reported the ufos but um he also claimed to have seen a mysterious large animal more specifically a wolf three times the size of any normal wolf he's ever seen so think like game of thrones dire wolf you know So he shot it multiple times at close range with a rifle to basically no effect. And then on the night of March 12th, 1997, which is when the ranch had been sold off biochemist, Cole Kellner was working with that Bigelow's national Institute for discovery science claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. Mm -hmm. But he said, um, when he looked at it, it was about 50 yards away. Uh, it was not just a human there was something creature it was it was had hair had like what he he could see from that far like claws like it was definitely something not just like a person so um when they went to track it with a with a rifle he was not able to hit it but they were finding prints in the snow and once again They were two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the marks, which were deeper than the feet. So basically, whatever this thing was, had claws deep enough to go into the ground as it was running away. Uh, Once again, the repeated sightings of these things uh, is kind of what gave it this name, especially from the Navajo, a.k.a. the Skinwalker Ranch. Um, But... They kind of think some of this could be, um, a cu- What's the word I'm looking for? Attributed to cursed water and cursed lights. So, in this p- particular valley, there's a 420 acre man made reservoir that's abutting the ranch, which was filled with fresh water in 1970 by the federal government mandate. But in 1998, a police officer saw a large light plunge into the river and then reemerge. So he just saw a light come into the water and come back out, flying off into the night sky. And then in 2002, four young men standing on the reservoir shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. So once again, you're seeing now all these lights coming in and out. Um, and according to the Hunt for the Skinwalker book, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet away from the shore, then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering, maneuverable, belt-like shaft of light. After performing a brief, writhing aerial dance, the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing at top speed. Hmm. So, as you can hear, this place has always been a hotbed it's kind of tough to say uh is it a coincidence that the navajo who had this hard belief in these very taboo beings and then hundreds of years later this idea of ufos that seems a little it's not just weird magnetism from rocks it's not like there's a leaky gas thing like a lot of the Greek myths were explanations for. I don't know. What do you think?
0: That's yeah, probably
1: aliens. Could be. I mean, and that could also, you know, is that the idea of where they got uh, skinwalkers? Yeah. If an alien was a thing that had the ability to do that?
0: Yeah. Possible. That, I mean, I feel like just, like, recently they actually have video of UFO
1: going into the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Like. And there, And here's the deal. As it's been proven, UFO just means unidentified
0: unident- flying object,
1: which you know doesn't it yeah doesn't mean it could just be some other country that has a, something we don't know what the hell they have. It's aliens. <laughs> it's just it's just it's always aliens. aliens. It's aliens. Like you said, to me that this is just a very interesting place. Um, lots and lots of movies references. Area fifty one. Mm. Um, you know. Anytime you think of UFO things, it's Area 51 or Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. So, I don't know. It's, uh...
0: You should watch... There's a really good show. I don't know if they renewed it. Um, it's on the History Channel. It's uh, called Project Blue Book. Okay. And it's about um, this one guy who works for the Air Force, and the other guy is, uh, he's like a professor. Yeah. And they were hired back in the I don't know was that 70s 60s something like that 50s somewhere at, when like the UFOs like started really coming up to like investigate all these UFO sightings yeah. and they actually have this is this is a legitimate thing like it actually is because at the end of like every episode they show you tapes and recordings and stuff of like like each episode it like, okay. really did happen but it's it's really cool
1: so kind of putting credence to what you're saying, and then I was doing a, a little more research as we we're talking. So that same book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, mm-hmm. um, apparently it, it brought up the fact that the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, uh, with the support of Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid at the time, launched its own study of the weird activity. Like, it actually yeah. got the government involved. There was $22 million allocated to this place. Yeah. And uh, none of the reports that were generated have ever been made public. Yeah. And then in 2017... You know what?
0: That's... Yeah. I think that's where I... That's, so, where, so, I, that's where I saw it. Because I remember, like, the cows and stuff like that. So I think that was actually covered. That was covered on Project Blue Book. That's where I saw... That's where I heard and it. And in it
1: 2017, New York Times revealed the Pentagon secret study of UFOs. But, once again, that article made no mention of the encounters at the ranch. Yeah. So it's almost like a lot of people have confirmed that they've looked into this and a lot of money has been spent but nobody like no no nothing's being revealed officially. Yeah. So I'm going to go on ai am going to say something weird's happening there because I didn't want to go into all the other weird occurrences but act the actual ranch itself. Yeah. They they said like a lot of poltergeist floating orbs like yeah. things. I didn't want to say they were ghosts cuz no one's considering them they're Mm -hmm. thinking there's something else
0: yeah yeah we should watch that yeah it's a 2018
1: documentary film called the hunt for the skinwalker
0: okay um so yeah yeah this was this was last year um project blue book had an episode um it said curse of the skinwalker and it said they they visited the ranch in utah
1: yeah so we'll have to watch it but but like i said i that's why when i said you might not know the name but it is something that I feel like everyone's at least kind of heard. I, like of.
0: I said, I've heard the name, and then like when you start talking about like the, ca- the cows, are... the cows is what really got me, and yeah. I think that's part of it. Like they were investigating the crop circles and the the UFO yeah. appearances and things like that, and when they got there, like all these cows were dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so what do you think? That's pretty cool. Is so it better than the movie I chose? Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. To, well, I actually know what you're picking next week because we talked about it.
0: Yeah. Well, it is St. Paddy's Day next week. so
1: The luck of the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, we want to say thank you, everyone, who's continued to listen and support us. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe, leave your comments below, and we are available on every major platform that has podcasts as well as every major social media app. So with that, we want to say have a good night.
0: Until next time.